excited about getting into the Word this morning. Hope you are as well. We're speaking the last several weeks on this topic of having all access. You know, we have total and complete access to our God and our Savior, and we rejoice in that, and we thank God for it on a, on a daily basis, and we want to make sure that we're always taking full advantage of it in, in every area that we possibly can. And so, in opening up your, the Word this morning, let's begin by going to Hebrews chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading at verse 14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold, our, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, it's because we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He was tempted in every area as we are, ever have been, ever will be, but yet he never yielded to it. He qualified as the spotless Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb, went to the cross, shed his blood for the cleansing of our sin, and he was raised up from the dead to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. When he died on the cross, the veil in the temple, under the Old Testament sacrificial system, uh, there was a temple and there's a holy of holies where once a year the priest would go in and present the blood of animals to make atonement for the people's sins. Atonement means to cover over. It doesn't, re- it doesn't cleanse and it doesn't remove. It covers over. It's like sweeping dirt under the rug. The dirt's still there, but you just don't see it. It's okay for a while until someone picks up the rug again. And so, but the good news is when Jesus died on the cross, that veil that separated the Holy of Holies and, and only the priest was allowed to enter into the, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the presence of God dwelt, that veil was supernaturally torn from the top to the bottom. And so signifying that we now all through the shed blood of Jesus, through the sacrificial lamb of God, we have total access to God. We don't have to rely on, a, on another man to go in our stead. We don't have to wait and only have someone go once a year and bear the guilt of sin throughout the remainder of the year. But we, can, we have total and complete access to God the Father as a result of Jesus Christ. And that's good news. We can go to him at any time, at all times. And that's what this is telling us here. The next verse says, because of Jesus Christ, because the veil has been torn, because there's no more barrier between you and Almighty God, your creator, there's no more barrier. And when I say that, some people think, well, what do you mean? What about my, what about my uh, sin? What about the mistakes I've made? Your sin and your mistakes are no longer a barrier between you and God. Jesus Christ took care of that. You're going there. Jesus is representing you. He's interceding for you, and he's saying, yeah, come on, come on. All access is granted. That's why verse 16 says, therefore, because of Jesus, because of what he did for you, what he did for us, is therefore, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, don't be timid. Don't be shy about it, but be bold about it. Again, not arrogant but bold in who you are as a born-again child of God, bold in, in, the, in the new creation reality of who you are. Come boldly to the throne of grace, to the throne of grace. So if it's a throne of grace, what do you think may be dispensed there? You have any clue? Grace. grace. Aha. <laughs> you guys are really sharp. You know the website? 
And you know that the throne of grace dispenses grace. And so we're coming before God, we're coming before the throne of grace, and so as grace is being dispensed on our behalf, it's readily available to us. A matter of fact, in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 5, I believe, it talks about that, that through faith we have access to this grace. And so let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, you have total and complete access to this throne of God's grace any time of the day, at any hour, any time, under any circumstance, in any predicament, you have access to God's mercy, to his grace, to his throne of grace, where you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Mercy. Amen. Mercy and grace. But what happens so many times, we are, we are so prone to be, uh, have, a, have a guilt consciousness or a sin consciousness, and we have a tendency to think, well, I'm really struggling with depression today, or I'm really struggling with guilt today, or I'm really struggling with just, I, I, I know I, I, I've been offended, and I'm just having a hard time overcoming it, and so I guess I'm not going to go before the, th- I, I can't come before the throne right now because I really need to pull myself together. I need to really change my attitude. I need to get it right before I come before the throne. Really. You think you can do that without God's mercy and without his grace. (laughs) You know, if we could do it without God, Jesus, God would not have sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to shed his blood for us. He would just left us, let us do it on our own. Are you following me? But since we need him every moment of every hour of every day, we are to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So it's that time when you're feeling least unworthy, when you're feeling needy like you've never felt needy before, that's when you are welcome to come. You're welcome to come when you're feeling like you have it all together as well. Because he knows you don't really have it all together. You're just feeling like you do, but you still need mercy. You still need grace. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 10, and let's look at uh, verse 19 through 25. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, and that word boldness again, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You know, it's because of the shed blood of Jesus we can boldly come before our Heavenly Father. Verse 20 says, by a new and living way. I want to say new and living. You know, it's the way of grace. It's new and it's alive. It's not dead works. It's not old works. It's not relying on a priest to do your work for you, your bidding for you. It's not dependent on someone else taking the blood on the altar for you. Jesus Christ has taken care of it. We now have a new and a living way. Christianity is to, is to always be new and it's living. It's alive. He says, a new and living way which he, Jesus, consecrated for us through the veil. Just talked about that. Through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, as a result of it, let us draw, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart. Draw near with a true heart and, excuse me, true heart in full assurance of faith. Everyone say assurance of faith. 
full assurance of faith. We come before our Father God in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. As a result, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. But again, we're invited here to draw near, to have access with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Ephesians 3.12 tells us that in whom we have boldness, in whom we have boldness. So again, we have the word boldness in there. We have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Boldness, access with confidence through faith in him. I think the first week that we started on this series entitled All Access, we used the, the, the story in Luke chapter 5 where Jesus was teaching and it says that the, and the Word of God tells us that the power of the Lord was present to heal. Some of the men that were there, they recognized and acknowledged that the presence of the Lord was in this house to heal. And they recognized and, and they thought, wow, we have a friend, our paralytic friend. He needs to be here. And so they left the house. They went to bring their paralytic friend back to the house. By the time they got back to their house with their paralytic friend carrying him on a stretcher, the house was so full they couldn't get in. But they wouldn't give up. Faith will always find an alternate path of access. Faith will always find an alternate way to access the presence of God. You know, it will never be denied. And so you, you may be familiar with the story. If not, I encourage you to read it. It's found in Luke chapter 5. But the men went up on, on, the, on, the, on, on the roof of the house and started removing the tile and uh, opened it up, lowered their friend on the stretcher down in, in, into the room. And the Scripture tells us that Jesus seen their faith. He told the man, your sins are forgiven you. And he said, take up your bed, rise up, and walk. The man got up and he walked. That's what we're talking about, having access to the power of God, having access in, into the presence of God that was present, the power that was present to heal. And these guys uh, would not be denied. They would not be denied. And so be bold about it. Come boldly to the throne of God. Be bold in getting into the presence of God. The word of God on several occasions instructs us that where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there in the midst. So that's the importance of gathering together. The corporate anointing is manifested in a way that it's not manifested when you're by yourself. Not saying you, you, can, you can get before God all by yourself. You can have your needs met. I'm not saying you can't and because I know that you can, but you can, there's also a, a place in the body of Christ for us to come together. Right, it's even telling us here, don't forsake assembling yourselves together. Don't forsake. Don't just think, well, these grace groups, that's just something new that they kicked off just to keep them busy for this year. <laughs> Trust me, I don't need something to keep me busy for this year. You don't need something else to keep you busy for this year. I know how busy you are. I know how tough it is with the, to keep your schedule intact, and, and especially in, in, the, in the parenting years when, you're, when you have kids in school and multiple grades and the school and school activities and, and, and your employment and your, your civic activities and your church activities. We don't need just something else to do. 
But we're not talking about just something else to do when we're talking about grace groups and we're talking about getting, uh, accessing the presence of God. We're talking about biblical principles where two or three are gathered. Amen. He is here in the midst and there's things that can take place in a corporate setting that, that will just absolutely you know, just uh, surprise you and, and, and supersede your expectations. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we are even able to ask or to think. And so keep pressing in, be bold about it, and, and get over the timidity factor, and, and get over the shyness factor, and get over the, the independent attitude that, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a self-made man, I'm a self-made woman, and I don't need other people. And then, you know, I've said that a, a lot of times. I know what I'm talking about when I'm saying stop being self-made and stop being fiercely independent and I can do it all by myself. I made it thus far, and I can make it the rest of the way. <laughs> well, we don't have to. There's a better way. There's a better way, but that was the last series. So anyway, <laughs> so we use that to encourage you to, to, to come together and, and to be bold about pressing into the very presence of God. Jesus told us that, he, uh, that he's going to give us the keys to the kingdom, Keys to the kingdom. I shared with you that the primary key is the name of Jesus, the name that's above all names. And so always remember that you have the primary key, the master key is the name of Jesus. But a, a, an additional key that will get you uh, into the presence of God and, and get you to receive the things that you need from God is the key of faith. Because every one of these stories we've been sharing with you and talking, you know, we have access, boldness, confidence through faith in his name. So it's through faith in the name of Jesus. It's, it's faith in the name and, and, and believing and, and that having that corresponding action, corresponding action to what we believe is true. Last Sunday I talked about the, uh, in the parable, of, it's known as the parable of the prodigal son, but we talked about the older brother, how towards the end of the story the older brother was angry about what was going on. The father found out about it, he came out and he pleaded with him. Actually, the father, towards the end of that story, the father is pleading with the older brother and the older brother has the audacity to tell his father that I have been serving you all these years and I've never transgressed your commandments. Isn't that interesting? Here the man that is angry, everyone say angry. Do you think anger is a transgression? Here he is angry saying, I never transgressed your commandments. And this son of yours, now he's denying that the kid is his brother. He's not my brother anymore. This son of yours, here he is, he's angry. He's denying that this other guy is his brother. And he has the audacity to stand there in his self-righteousness and then complain that you've never did this for me. And the father pleaded with him pleaded with him. He said, son, son. I think you've repeated it several times. Son, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. You could have asked for it any time. You could have just tapped in there and received it by faith at any time. It's yours. So, so don't ever get stuck in that anger, resentment, jealousy, envious mode of what other people have access in, from God and received their miracle, healing, provision, whatever it is that they received, 
And don't, don't ever take the posture of jealousy and envy. It's the quickest way to slam the door shut on you. You're slamming it shut on yourself. God's not slamming it shut on you, but you're slamming the door shut and you're just like frustrated that everyone else is having a good time. Everyone else is happy, even though they, they messed up. I, I, I know that they squandered years and they squandered family inheritances and so forth. And, you know, the guy's all bent out of shape about the family inheritance and he wasted all this stuff. And what about all this money that he blew? And see, my question is, is what about it? Well, that was a lot of money. That was an inheritance he blew, and he comes back, and the Father restores him right back. Yeah, well, the Bible tells us that love keeps no record. Why are you doing keeping record? Well, someone needs to keep track of what's going on. <laughs> All right, you, you go ahead and keep track. So anyway, keys represent authority, the name of Jesus. Then we have the, uh, as a master key, then we also have the key of faith. The key of faith, faith being the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We saw how blind Bartimaeus, he was told to be quiet. When he heard that Jesus was coming, he started crying out to Jesus in Mark chapter 10. And again, the people around Jesus wanted to deny this man access, thinking Jesus is too important. He has too many important people to see. He doesn't have time for a blind beggar sitting by the street side on the curb. He doesn't have time for that. You don't have any right to have access to this man. He's too busy. He's too important. And you're not important. And so just shut up and be quiet and just deal with your situation. But blind Bartimaeus cried out all the louder, and Jesus heard him, and Jesus stopped, because Jesus will always respond to someone that's crying out in faith. He heard about Jesus. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing. So he heard about Jesus, so obviously he heard that Jesus is going about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, and, and healing all who are sick. I, I'm blind, and I would like to see, and Jesus is the one that can heal me. Jesus is coming by. I heard he's coming by, so when he comes by, I'm going to holler. I'm going to holler the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask for him to stop. And sure enough, he just got bolder and louder, and Jesus stopped. and said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? And he said that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Faith, the key to accessing what you need from God. It's available. All that he has is yours. Just like he told the older brother, all that I have is yours. All that God has, all that, all that is entailed within the kingdom of God, you have access to it. You have the keys to the kingdom. You have the name of Jesus. You have the spirit of faith within you. Every born-again child of God has received a measure of faith. Amen. Romans chapter 12 teaches us that. So you have a measure of faith, and it doesn't take much faith at all. You don't say, well, I don't have enough faith. Yes, you do. You have a measure. That's enough. It'll get the job done. Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would speak to this mulberry tree, be plucked up and be removed and be cast into the sea. And then he said something really, really wild. It's one thing to talk to a tree. But it's something else when the tree actually obeys you. <laughs> it's like, I've talked to a lot of trees, but this sucker's just stood there, just like, <laughs> really? <laughs> but Jesus said, if you'll talk to the tree, command it to be plucked up by the root, 
and be cast into the sea where their root will never, ever again have opportunity to take root because it'll die in salt water. Notice that offense. Speak to it. Ask it to be commanded to be removed. It will be removed. That situation, speak to it. Command it to be removed. You know, so you, you have that faith as a measure of faith. So the disciples, I, I, again, here for the blind guy, they were trying to talk him out of calling on Jesus, but he did it anyway, and he received his miracle. Today I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 15, have another story. The Bible is just rich with stories of people who were outcast people who were not of the right religion, of the right race, the right whatever to be receiving from God. But they did anyway, <laughs> because that's our God. We have total access. All people have the ability to have full and complete access to the throne of God's grace. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21, this is the Gentile woman that is demonstrating her faith. Beginning of verse 21, says that Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed her daughter was healed from that very hour. So Jesus is responding to this woman who boldly accessed the presence of God through Jesus. She would not give up. Jesus responded in verse 28, and he said, Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. As you desire. I know you're here this morning, and I know... You have desires. You have need. Some needs are greater than other needs. Some are dire, like this particular woman. She said, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. You, you may have a severe need. You may, you may severely need an intervention concerning health. You may, need a, you may need an intervention in any other areas of life, and you're thinking, but I just don't have access to God. I just don't have access to the resources. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I tried this and I tried that. But this particular woman should, it should be an encouragement to all of us. Her desire is articulated in verse 22 when she's coming to Jesus and she's saying, have mercy on me. We read earlier in Hebrews that we're to come to the throne of God's grace that we may obtain mercy. The word teaches that his mercies are new every morning. She's saying, have mercy on me. Notice, I need to receive what I don't even have a right to receive. But I'm drawing on the mercy of God. I may not qualify for this. I may not be a Jewish person. I may be a pagan, a Gentile pagan, but I'm coming and I'm pleading for the mercy of Almighty God. I have a dire need and it needs attention and it needs attention now. Everyone say now. now. 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So she's articulating her desire. However, the people around her, the first century Jewish people, without question, you, you know, uh, most, of them, most of the first century Jews shared without question the prejudice that the Gentiles defiled by touch. Not anything of themselves that they have done. Just because you're a Gentile, you're going you're to defile something by touching it. You know, the podium is defiled. I just touched the podium. You know, and, there's, and when you read through the scriptures and even in the gospels, it's one of the things I love about, one of the storylines I love about Jesus is he broke all the rules about defilement. You weren't supposed to touch a corpse. You weren't supposed to touch lepers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Jesus broke all those rules because he never expected to touch a leper and become lepers. Lepers, leper, us. He never expected to contact leprosy. <laughs> He touched the leper and expected the leper to be healed. He didn't, touch a, he didn't touch a corpse and expect it to get the disease and die. He touched a corpse and expect the corpse to be resurrected. And that's, how, that's the attitude we need to have. And as we spent time accessing God's grace, we'll develop more of that attitude in, 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 a, in a very humble and way that brings glory and honor to God. So they regarded Gentiles, basically, they, the, these people around her regarded Gentiles' uncleanness as something that is just innate. Because you're a Gentile, you're unclean. So this woman is a Gentile pagan, pagan, and they don't appreciate her audacity in accessing the presence of Jesus. And the disciples, in verse 23, says, disciples of Jesus. Everyone said, disciples of Jesus. It's important for you to recognize this, not to criticize them, but to do a self-evaluation because, you know, we're followers of Christ. We're disciples of Jesus. And sometimes we can get it all wrong. And we don't want to get it wrong. So learn from this. The disciples of Jesus are urging Jesus to do what? Send her away. How harsh. Don't give that woman any access to you. She's of the wrong race. Her skin is the wrong color. She's of the wrong nationality. She's of the wrong denomination. She's not one of us. She's not one of us. Send her away. How horrible. Send her away. And then they even had... Not only the audacity to, to ask Jesus to send her away or to suggest that he sends her away, then they followed up. For she cries out after us. And I read this, these verses over and over and over. I go back and read it again. And I go back and read it again, but you may be able to help me here, but I can't find anywhere where this woman is crying out to the disciples, have mercy on me. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Oh, disciples, help me. That doesn't even ring sound very well, does it? This sounds kind of flat. Disciples, help me. I worship you, disciples. <laughs> she's, not, she's not crying out after the disciples. If you read this correctly, she's crying out to who? Who is she trying to access? Jesus. Jesus. Amen. So learn from that. Don't ever allow the attitude 
to have any place in your heart that someone does not qualify to access the grace, the mercy of God. But I know their history. I don't care what you know. Because until you know this, you don't know squat. Don't ever, ever think that, you, that someone does not qualify because of your judgment and thinking that they're crying out after us. They want what we have. I don't want what you have. I want what God has. Amen? Amen? I want what God has. So don't ever deny someone access to the very throne of God. Send her away, for she cries out after us. And he says, he answered her not a word. And he said, I was sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And verse 25 says, then she came and she worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. There's a third key for you. We're talking about accessing the very presence of God. The first one was the name of Jesus. The second one is faith. Third key, worship. She worshiped. I'm going to say she worshiped. Here she is in a very dire situation, but she still finds it within herself to come to Jesus to access the very grace and mercy of God, being criticized and being suggested that she be sent away. She's disqualified because she's a, a Gentile pagan. She came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. I think there's a song in there somewhere. It's got to be a song in there somewhere, Jad. Lord, help me. That's one we can all remember the lyrics to. So if you ever leave church, they buy the song was really good. Now, what were the lyrics to it? I don't remember the lyrics to it. Boy, it was good. I mean, they really did a good job, and it's really, I felt the anointing on it. What were the lyrics to it? And this one you can remember. Everyone say, Lord, help me. Okay, that's your new song for the week. Lord, help me. As you're driving down the highway tomorrow morning. Lord, help me. I am merciful to all these other folks on the highway. <laughs> Wake up, getting all the kids ready for school. Lord, help me. These kids will make it to school. They don't have school tomorrow. Lord, help me. It's President's Day. Whoever decided to have President's Day on a Monday, oh, help me, Lord. What were you thinking when you made it on a Monday? It's good to have mercy. It's good to worship God, even in the midst of your most painful circumstances, when you have a, a severe situation that you're dealing with, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Come before him in the name of Jesus. Come by faith. Boldly come before the throne of God and worship him. Say, why would I worship him when I'm in this situation? Why would she want to worship when her daughter is severely demon-possessed? Because she knew where her help comes from. Her help comes from the Lord. There's the course to the song. We have to get the band up here. We're going to get a song going. <laughs> so anyway, she knows where her help comes from. She cries out, and she worships the Lord. Crying out, and she worships him. Why would she do that? Again, knowing where her help is coming from. You also may have been denied access feeling like you're of the wrong race, you're of the wrong nationality, you're of the wrong social class, you have a wrong religious background, but I want you to know that there is no prejudice 
that can prevent you from accessing God's throne of grace. He has none whatsoever. His idea, his ideal is that every tongue, every tribe, every nation glorify him together. Don't ever sell yourself short saying, well, you know, I don't have access. You do. You have access by faith into his grace in the name of Jesus. So Jesus acknowledged this woman as a result of her great faith. And her faith was key to accessing the kingdom of God's benefits. I just want to speak just for a few moments in closing here today. I want to talk about the simplicity of her faith. I want to say simplicity. Again, we have a tendency to make doctrinal PhD stuff out of the subject of faith, and really it's faith, is the simplicity of faith. You know, it's the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen. And so it's that simple. It's that profound, but it's that simple. But the simplicity of this woman's faith, first of all, it was her pressing, heartfelt need that activated her faith. Her pressing, heartfelt need activated her faith. Her daughter is severely demon-possessed. My question is to you this morning, what is your pressing, heartfelt need? So her need is what motivated her, activated. Number two, in the simplicity of her faith, is she refuses to be denied access. It's simple faith, but you refuse to be denied access. You just have faith in God. You're not going to let anyone talk you out of it. No one's going to talk you out of it. She refuses to be denied. Number three, concerning the simplicity of her faith, is her audacity. Her audacity. You know, she, say, what about her audacity? Well, she and we need to be willing to step around people and any obstacles people put before us to access the power of God. Again, in Luke chapter 5, the men brought their friend on a stretcher to get into the presence of God. They couldn't get into the house because it was so full, so crowded. They said, well, we, we have to get in there. We, 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 you, know, you know, we have to be audacious about this. We, we need to do something. The presence of God is in there to heal. And if, this, if our friend gets into the presence of God, then he'll be healed. We have to do something about it. We can't just whimper away and think, well, I guess it wasn't God's will. No, they, think, no, they audaciously went up on the roof and they opened up the roof and they let the man down into the presence of God. This particular woman, she was willing to step around the people that were suggesting that she be sent away. She be sent away because she's crying out after us. She's annoying us. But she wouldn't accept that. Neither do you need to accept people telling you that you're not worthy, you don't qualify and give you all the reasons of why you should be ashamed to even think that you would qualify for a miracle from heaven. Why do you think you would qualify for God to touch you? Why do you think you qualify for the mercies of God? I can tell you why you qualify. His name is Jesus. That's why I qualify. His name is Jesus, and he lives in my heart. And because he's in my heart, I now have access to the very throne of God and anything the kingdom of God has to offer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in my life, in this earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And anything that that entails, all the promises that are in here, I have a right to it because of who I am in Jesus Christ. And so do you, and do not let anyone talk you out of saying you don't qualify. 
You have been qualified. Jesus qualified us to be partakers of his divine nature. Tap into it and get after it. So faith is activated. It refuses access. It's audacious. And number four, uh, what's number four? Anybody know what number four is? It's authentic worship. Authentic worship. Worship. Lord, help me. That may be the most profound prayer. It may be the number one hit song for the next decade in your life. It's just, Lord, help me. And your mind is telling to shut up. He's not going to help you because of what you did, because of what you think, because of who you are, because of who you were. He's not going to help you. You just tell your mind to shut up, and you step around those negative thoughts. You step around it and say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And just, just continue, just help me, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm accessing your very throne. I'm coming, Lord God, with boldness and with confidence. And you may be fearing and trembling and, and just feeling anything but uh, worthy, but that's all right. You do it anyway. You do it anyway. That's what courage is. You do it when you're afraid. You do it even when you're feeling afraid. You just do it. That's courage. You don't wait till you don't feel afraid anymore. You, by faith, by faith. You don't wait till you feel worthy. You do it. You, you come before him when you're feeling unworthy, just feeling like, you know, oh, I really blew it. I just really blew it with my children today. I just really blew it with my neighbor. I blew it with my coworker. I just blew it. I was not a very good example. I was not a good testimony at all. I'm sorry, Father. Help me. Help me. Help me. Heartfelt need activating your faith. Refuse to be denied access. Be audacious. Step around people. Step around obstacles. Move the mountains. Go over the mountain. Go through the mountain. Go through the fire. Around it. Whatever you need to do. Just do something. The late John Osteen, he used to have a famous saying that I heard him say many times. He said, what did he say? My, <laughs> my mind is sharp this morning. <laughs> do something lest you do nothing. Do something lest you do nothing. So be audacious. Step around the obstacles. Step around people that you need to step around. Don't step on them. Step around them <laughs> and be, have authentic worship. Just worship God. Worship God. That's why we put the worship services together. That's why we come together to worship God. It helps us to, you know, again, we worship alone, but to have come together for corporate worship. It's just it's an experience. You don't have it by yourself. Amen access to God. You have it. What is your pressing need today? What is your severely dire need today? Don't carry it back home. Don't carry it into tomorrow. Don't say, well, next week it'll get better. By next month it should be better. Hopefully by the end of this year I'll be over it. Let's get over it right now. Amen? So let's all stand up. And let's press in and let's thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know the people that are here today love you. I know we're here today to worship you. We're here today to hear your word. And Father, we're here today also with all the stuff that our life, that is in our lives. But Lord, we come together today 
and our faith is activated by hearing your word and we're taking action because of the felt needs that we have, Lord God. We are activating our faith just as this woman was activated, moved into action as a, because of the severe need that she had concerning her child. So your need today may not even be, your severe need may not even be you today. It may be a child. It may be a loved one. Whatever it may be, just know we're going to leave it with God. We're going to press into God. Refuse. Let's say this. I come to you, Father, with great boldness in the spirit of faith, and I refuse to be denied access to the miracle, to the answered prayer, to this need that I have, to this concern that I have, to this heavy heart. I refuse to be denied. I will be audacious and I will step around any persons or obstacles that are hindering me, that are discouraging me. I will not be denied. I will be audacious and I will come to you and I will worship you with authentic worship. It may not sound the best, but it's authentic. And I'm going to worship you in my closet. I'm worshiping you in my car. I'm worshiping you in my private times. And I'm worshiping you in public times. I'm coming to you, Father. And I thank you. And I praise you, Lord God. And I'm asking you to help me. And fill in the blank. Help me. And you put in with what? Whatever it is you need help with, just tell him right now. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. As these prayers are being offered up to you right now, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord God, that we have been granted access through faith in Jesus' name. We have a high priest. His name is Jesus. He can identify with everything that you are going through. And he is sympathetic towards you. He loves you, and your answer is yes and amen. Be healed, be free, be blessed, every need supplied. Amen.